This is the gospel reading from Luke. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eat, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Good morning. So, Scott, there's no sermon discussion after mine. It's not going well, is it? <laughs> well, I'm here. This is my third Sunday. My name's Jay Brabin with uh, Journey 3 Church. And greetings from our church. Uh, we've got Dean and Alice and my wife Barb representing us here today. Um, great to be with you. And uh, really enjoyed my partnership with Brian over the last couple of years and getting to know Brian and Katie and, and looking forward to uh, what God has for us as churches in the future. Also, Scott has been a, a great friend and was in our journey process that we led um, last year, and, and uh, there's some information in your program about that as well. You might want to look at that because we will start that process again in October. So uh, hoping that maybe some of you and some folks from our church and also from uh, a church called Rivergate Church will be a part of that. So I'm working through the sending of the 72 in Luke 10. And I'm seeing this as a pattern for how God uses us, how God sends us into the world. So last week we began and we thought about believing enough to be sent you know, sometimes I don't think we, you really believe something until you are sent, until you go on behalf of that something. So for the 72, I don't know that they really believed or knew that they believed in Jesus until he sent them. And they had to go out, and they had to uh, uh, initiate, they had to uh, make this their own and believe that he would somehow go with them. Today we're thinking about building relationships, and then next week we're looking at blessing people through these relationships, and then we finish by thinking about heaven and earth. When did you know that God was real? And maybe you're still wondering that. But maybe there was a time when you thought, yeah, yeah, he's real. I, I, I see it now. I was in eighth grade. Uh, we went to church. Um, I figured it was probably true, um, but I'd really never had a chance to test it until we moved from our little town of 400 people to the big city, what was the big city, this is in Iowa, of 8,000. 
And I went from my class of 11 classmates that I'd had the whole time to this huge class of about 160. And it was the night before the first day of eighth grade, and I was terrified. I didn't know, how, I didn't know any of these kids. Um, and to make it worse, my mom was going to start a job as a teaching assistant in the same junior high. This was not good. I felt like I looked, which was very awkward. That night, I prayed. I asked God, would you just give me confidence? Would you help me to be calm? Would you help me to be self-assured in the morning? I knew that was all impossible. And I woke, and I haven't done drugs much, but I woke feeling like I was on something. I just was calm, I was collected, I was confident. I think my mother, who was worried about me, of course, was, as I sat at breakfast, was sort of looking at me and asking, are you, you okay? Oh yeah, I'm good, let's go. And I went to eighth grade, and I met kids, and I told them who I was, and it was, it was not me, it was not me. And I knew it wasn't me, I knew that this was God. And particularly, I knew it because the next night, I didn't pray anything, and I woke up terrified. (laughs) But thankfully, I had enough kind of cachet built up that I got through that day and the next few days, and I actually did make a couple of friends that week. God convinced me by giving me peace. Peace is this weird quality that does not belong to us. It is not... It is not natural to us, but God gave me peace. And as we think about building relationships and Jesus sending these 72 followers into the towns and villages where he was about to go, he's going to send them with peace. Let's pray as we turn to God's Word. Lord, would you help us to understand this sending and now what it means to build relationships as your sent ones. Like the 72, Lord, we are believing just enough to go out, and we're ready to build something. So show us, Lord, what it means to go as as, uh, emissaries of your peace. We pray in your name. Amen. So you've probably heard about shalom, the, the Old Testament word for peace. It, it means a lot of things. Um, it means wholeness. It means health. It means harmony in relationships. It means victory over your enemies. It means prosperity. It's, it's good, right? It's what we want. When we say, peace be with you, shalom be with you, that's a pretty high greeting and high blessing. To have peace in a relationship Well, particularly, it's peace with God, first of all, and then peace with yourself, and then peace with others. That's a nice way to live. It's a gift of God. That passage in Isaiah, for us, a son is given, a child is born, and he will, what's it say? He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He gives, he brings peace. You might know of uh, um, systems theory in in, in family and group counseling. 
systems theory is, is a, a theory that anxiety runs through all systems, whether it's a, a, a family, whether it's a, a group at work, whether it's a team, whether it's a neighborhood. When you're in a system, anxiety just flows through the system. And often we don't react well to anxiety. Often we, we get defensive or we strike out or we, we, well, just look at our country, you know. And you see a system, our country is a system, and anxiety is rolling through, and we're not responding well. And in this theory, the thought is if, if, if we can engage our higher brain function, our imagination, if we can, if we can adopt something called non-anxious presence, we can change a system just by being different ourselves. Non-anxious presence, choosing not to give in to our own anxiety. You recognize you have it. You can't avoid it. But choosing not to give in to the bad effects of it. But choosing to be fully present at the same time, that's, that is hard to do. I can be non-anxious and withdraw. I'm good at that. Or I can be present and be anxious. But to be non-anxious and present, well, that's going to take peace. In Philippians 4, Paul says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace. It, it transcends all understanding. I think he meant that. This, again, this is some foreign quality. This is not natural to us. Our natural state is anxiety, and we react to each other out of that state. But it transcends all understanding, and it guards us, our hearts and our minds. Peace can guard you. Peace is one of the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? But it, it, it's, it's a product of God's personhood. It's like you're looking into a, a, a meeting of the Trinity, and what do you see? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. This is who God is. It just flows out of Him. Peace flows out of God. In John 14, Jesus says, this is not long before the crucifixion. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, and I don't give to you as the world gives. Because I'm giving you this transformative power, this crazy thing called peace. Well, peace, peace is how we enter a house. Look at uh, Luke 10, verse 5. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. Now, first of all, don't miss that when you enter a house. Jesus was sending the 72. Jesus, I believe, is sending us to enter houses. That sounds a little scary. Do I have to walk down my neighborhood or in my apartment building and just knock on doors? Well, maybe, but I don't know if that works so well in Portland. But you are called to enter houses. You are called to enter houses. Do you know the uh, book Tribes by Seth Godin? 
He's written about, um, he, he's a marketer, and he's got, he, I don't know how he does it. He, he, he blogs or sends out stuff like every day, creative good stuff, and I read it and I think, golly, it makes me envious. How does he think of stuff every day? But his book, Tribes, he, he's, he says in the internet age, mass marketing does not work. He just says it. It doesn't work. And I think for the church as well, marketing for the church, it just really doesn't work anymore. People live in tribes. People are more and more looking for groups of shared ideas and values where they can hang out. And we, you know, that's Portland, right? Barb, Barb and I watched the tribe go by last night on our street. <laughs> Truly, the naked bike riders right on our street. Back and forth, back and forth. That's a tribe. When you enter a house, I was talking to a, a church planter friend, and he, they have a, uh, I don't know what, a slogan for their church, I guess it is. He says, they want to be the same people in the same place at the same time. And I like that. Be the same person in the same place at the same time. So find a tribe and just connect. Join. Be there. Be there regularly, probably at the same time, and be the same person. Be a person of peace. When you enter a house, Barb and I moved here from Iowa in uh, 2010, thinking we were called to start a church. We had started a church 25 years ago in Iowa, um, and now we thought, well, let's, I think God wants us to do it again. So we didn't do marketing, but we looked for tribes. We looked for houses to enter. We didn't know anybody. Barb has family here, but none of them lived in uh, North Portland where we are. <clears throat> so I started going to the same coffee shop in St. John's. Um, Barb is a professor at the University of Portland, and she had her students um, involved in the New Columbia neighborhood, and so I would just tag along with her, and we'd hang out in New Columbia, and there's a, a, a Healthy Foods nonprofit grocery store there that uh, we helped in the beginning of that project, and then I just, I volunteered there for quite a while. Um, University of Portland, certainly Barb was there working, and, and we got to know people there. Um, I had I used to be on staff with InterVarsity years ago, so I, I did volunteer InterVarsity work at Portland State. And we just, we had tribes, places where we went, the same person, the same place, same time. We just went there. And it's interesting to look at our little Journey 3 group and people that have come and gone from that group. Where do they come from? Those four places, almost exclusively. That coffee shop. New Columbia, University of Portland, Portland State. When you enter a house, we are responsible to enter houses. Setting up shop on a corner as a church, there's nothing wrong with that. Having a worship place, there's nothing wrong with that. We need worship, but then we are sent. The goal is not to, to... uh, that people would just wander into our building because they see there's a church here, but that we will go to our tribes, to our houses where we're sent, and eventually some of those folks might make their way here because they trust us. 
but we are sent. When you enter a house, Jesus says, where are your houses? It could be a school. Your kids might be in school, and that's where you're building relationships. Could be your neighborhood. Could be your workplace. Could be a coffee shop. I have a friend who's a pastor in Seattle, and uh, um, he's on an all-gay rugby team. He's not gay, but they let him in. Where is your house? Might be one or two houses. When you enter a house, Jesus says, first say peace to this house, shalom to this house. Now that was a standard greeting, but I really doubt Jesus was just giving them etiquette lessons here. Say hello, how are you? No, say peace to this house. When you first enter the house, you lead with peace. You lead with peace. This is what you're doing. After the resurrection in John 20, remember the disciples were were hiding. It says the doors were locked for fear of the Jews. They'd just seen their leader awfully, terribly murdered, tortured, crucified. They'd heard some rumors about him being alive, but they they were scared to death. And Jesus, it says, appeared in that room, came and stood among them and said, what? Peace be with you. And then he said, he shows them his hands and his side, his wounds. And then he said again, peace be with you. Shalom be with you. He leads with peace. Now, if I'm going to lead with peace in a house to which Jesus is sending me, I need to be welcoming peace into my life. I need to have uh, practices with Jesus where he can fill me with peace because I'm an anxious person and it, it doesn't last. I need to keep coming to him and letting him renew my peace and show me what peace is and help me to, to understand how I can be forgiven and, and, and acquire that peace once again. By the way, the journey process that I mentioned is an excellent process of welcoming peace into your life. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. So we are to enter houses, we're to lead with peace, and we are to look for peace. Look for the response of peace. I don't know if it works on a grand piano, but uh, I know in an upright, well, I'm sure it would, but I'm not going to try it. Um, you can open a, like an upright piano, open the door and, and put your foot on a damper pedal and you can sing a note into it and, and you know what happens, right? The note of that string will vibrate. Hopefully if the piano knows which note you're singing. But, but you sing it, try it sometime. You, you just ah, you know, sing a note and you'll hear it. That, that's, that string will vibrate. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. You're, you're singing God's peace into that tribe. Now, that doesn't mean the very first time you come, everybody's going to notice, you, 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 boy, there's something different about you. You're really unique. In pe- they, might, they might, but as you continue in that tribe, you sing peace into that tribe, and you'll notice a response from somebody you'll notice a response. And it might, sometimes, um, it might even be resistance. Sometimes that means 
a person is actually much more open than you'd think. You sing into that tribe. Years ago, uh, um, I was going to this little health club with a gym, and I got to know a guy named Joe, and, and he would like... He was, I was there to play basketball. He was there to lift weights, and, and, but in between, we sort of connected. And I just noticed as I kind of self-identified at some point that I was in the campus ministry, which was what I was doing at the time, and, and he was kind of, oh, you know, say something about it. Well, eventually, we got together for a beer and just talked some more and, and, and really had some pretty good discussions about the gospel. And he was coming out of a, a life of drugs. He, he'd gotten out of that. But he, was, he told me at one point, he said, you know, I know the devil exists. I don't know, you know. So because of that, I think God probably does. Because he's experienced the evil one. So he figured God must exist as well. So we'd talk and we'd talk. And, and after a while, I said, Joe, you know what this means. You know what it means to follow Jesus. And he said, yeah, I just... I just don't know if I'm ready for that. And I said, I understand. Um, tell you what, I'm going to pray for you this weekend that God will keep this in your mind. I'm just going to pray that. Oh, okay. Well, he called me, I think sometime on Sunday, and he said, would you stop? <laughs> I haven't been able to sleep all weekend. And I wasn't asking God for that. That was a little value-added thing God did. You see, I was singing into that tribe, and Joe, because God was at work, and God was there before me, and it's really God's business, God, Joe was vibrating, and he ended up becoming a believer. We're not in sales, friends. We're not, we're not out there trying to, to close the deal. We're looking for God at work. You lead with peace, and then you look for peace. Look for that response of peace. And then verse 7, he says, Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. And think about the 72, and think about this, um, what was happening. You, they'd go two by two, right? And they go to a village, and, and uh, they get there, and, and in good, I think, um, hospitality, the, the folks were trained in that, this was part of their culture, someone would take them in, and they would live with these folks, and, and, uh, um, and we're going to see next week how they would bring the message of the kingdom, they'd bring healing, and so cool things were happening. And maybe someone else who's got a bit larger home in the community thought, well, this is nice. And maybe they would invite that, you know, why don't you come and stay? We've actually got more of a guest room in our house, and we're not all in one room like, you know, these folks don't have much. Jesus says, no, stay. Don't move from house to house. Stay. Stay. Enter houses. Lead with peace. Look for peace, and then stay. When I was uh, in college and just beginning to grow as a I don't know what to call it. I don't know if I was an adult, but a choosing Christian. Um, I wrote a letter to a good friend, Scott. He was at another college. And this is before internet, texting, and all that. We wrote letters. And I sent him this letter about what God was doing in my life, and I was so excited. 
And then months later, we were home for the summer, and Scott and some of my other buddies, we were all together, and we were having a, a beer, and you know, this was back in Iowa, I think, drinking age was 18, it was crazy. Um, and Scott brought that up, and he said, hey, Jay, tell me about, you know, you've gotten this group, and you're learning about God. Well, I wasn't feeling particularly religious at that time. And I didn't want to talk about it in front, in front of my old high school buddies. And I just, I just poo-pooed it. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, well, it's just something I'm, yeah, something I'm doing. I didn't stay. I was in and out. And Scott uh, never had another chance, really, to talk to him. And he died young, not too long after that. And I've always thought of that. I didn't stay. On the other hand, a few years later, while I was still in college, I was now in a little community of believers, and we would meet together, kind of like your community groups, and we'd pray for friends and pray for each other. And, and I was really feeling the need to reach out, and there was a, a, a gal named Lori that I had kind of talked to a little bit about the faith, and, and um, there was a movie in town called The Hiding Place. You might remember the, mo- the book about Corey Ten Boom and her uh, um, being in a, uh, uh, what is it, concentration camp in World War II. Anyway, it's, it was a, a very stirring, very interesting story. And, and so the movie was in town. So I invited Lori to go to this. I thought, God will work through this, and th- this will open her to the gospel. And so my little group prayed, and I asked them to pray. And, and for several days we prayed ahead of this time, and then it came to the, uh, the time to invite her to, or to call her and say when we're going to pick her, I was going to pick her up, and I called, and she said, oh, I'm just not feeling good. I'm really feeling sick. Can't go. But, oh, so I was just devastated. Walked back to my room, and my roommate was there, Al, and, and he could see I, I was kind of distraught, and, and I, he said, what's wrong? And I said, oh, Lori can't go to the movie. Oh, he said, what's the movie about? Oh, it's just about a concentration camp. Oh. He said, I'll go. So, oh, Al was not, and Barb and I went to high school with Al, but great guy, but no connection to church. So, well, okay. So Al went, and it cracked Al open. You see, he was just, God was just waiting for someone to take a step in Al's life. We came back and sat in our room. Al's girlfriend came over, Al's best friend, and his girlfriend came over, and they all that evening prayed to ask Jesus into their lives. And I still just marvel at that. Stay. Stick to it. You know, there's a difference between strategy and tactics. And Jesus is giving his, his followers strategy here. It's a very broad brush. You enter houses. You lead with peace. You look for peace. And then you stay. And we wonder, okay, yeah, but what do I say when, I'm, what, when this happens? And what kind of verses do you want me in? And, you know, just walk in with peace and just be there and just continue there. Continue in the relationship. Watch for me. Look for me. Just stay. And we'll talk a little bit more about specifics next week when we think about blessing people. But mostly, it's just staying, isn't it? Being people of peace and just staying in relationships. 
Jesus, when he stood with those disciples in that locked room and said, peace be with you, then he said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And I love to think of Jesus as the ultimate non-anxious presence sent into the ultimate system, which is the world. And by bringing peace, he changes the whole system, doesn't he? As the Father has sent me now, he says, so I am sending you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you honor us by sending us. Lord, thank you that you give us this extraordinary gift of peace and that you allow us to welcome your peace into our lives. Help us, Lord, to do that more and more and to practice peace, to uh, practice our openness with you so that we have something to take into the tribes and the houses that you're sending us to. Lord, give us your eyes to see people as you see people. And we pray this in Jesus. Amen.